Welcome to Spiritual Psychology. My name is Renee LaValle McKenna, and I bring my 30-plus years as a recovering addict and ex-crazy person turned therapist and shamanic healer to bring you snackable teachings on spirituality, psychology, and all things personal growth. And today I want to talk about working with ancestors. Working with ancestors is one of the most ancient ways of accessing spirit. Ancestor worship and honoring the dead is still actively pursued in one form or another in most cultures around the world. And ancestral work is a different way of knowing and looking at our tribe. We're all tribal. Our tribe is the people from which we come. It's all the relatives who've gone before us and all the communities that we feel nurtured by. Civilization as we know it started about probably 500 generations ago. And it's possible to have about 100 ancestors in each generation. And however we do the math, there are literally thousands of ancestors in our tribe. Ancestor work can be very powerful and grounding, but it can also be painful and challenging. Most people have issues with their immediate family, a difficult sibling, an alcoholic father, a controlling grandmother, perhaps a loving uncle who may have died too young. These dynamics exist in all cultures, and for adoptees, African Americans with slave ancestry, and those estranged from their immediate families, the idea of ancestral work can be really triggering. But regardless of our circumstance, we all have a legion of ancestors behind us, whether we know about them or not. And working with ancestors and ancestral ways of knowing can be particularly healing for those who have ancestral disconnection. And one of the powerful things about stepping out of our intellectual perspectives and into our more intuitive body felt or transpersonal ways of knowing is that our relationship with time shifts tremendously. Time is really a construct which is very helpful, the idea of past, present, and future. But when we drop into these more non-rational or metaphysical ways of knowing and experiencing things, we find that the past is always available to us in the present, that our ancestors who have crossed over may be available to us, less in their individual personalities perhaps than in the principles and intentions that they hold for us. And in my work, I have found that ancestor work can extend in both directions. Just as I believe our personal growth process moves the evolution of our entire species forward, I also believe that it's possible to send our own healing back through our lineage to benefit the ancestral spirits as well. Space and time are not conditions in which we live. They are models in which we think. And although our conscious mind conceptualizes time as a linear system, again, past, present, and future... It really is a purely mental construct, and in reality, in the psyche, there is only the ever-present now. For example, I had a client who was having some pretty serious difficulties in her marriage. She had a young baby, and we were working with the idea of her being emotionally open to actually give and receive love with another person. And she was wearing a low-cut shirt, and I noticed a really extensive scar on her chest. And I asked her about it, and she said, oh, I had open-heart surgery when I was two. They had a hole in my heart that they had to close up. Really? Well, there's a metaphor for you, huh? It's fascinating how the physical body is often a map for our emotional, spiritual, and psychological issues. And as we talked about all the things that were happening in her life as a young child... 
Her parents had separated because of her father's drug addiction when she was one. But she had a very vivid memory of her father holding her and him being this kind of intense but very loving presence. And her mother, in contrast, had been kind of difficult and distant. The mother had multiple boyfriends and husbands, ultimately became physically disabled pretty young. My client's father overdosed and died when she was three. And here we are looking at this big scar on her chest, a physical attempt at repairing her heart, and talking about her difficulty with being open and vulnerable to giving and receiving love was so intense. And when we went into the feeling of being closed and defended in her body, we came on the scene with this child being held by her father and him kind of possessively telling her that she was his girl and that no one would ever love her the way that he did. And whether this was exchanged verbally or energetically, they made a sacred contract, took a spiritual vow that they would always be connected. The father's motives were a little questionable from my perspective. Felt like he was kind of claiming ownership on her as a way to get security and kind of exert some masculine power. And on a spiritual level, it seemed to give the baby some security to have someone vow to always be there for her. And in the next session, we did what's called a power exchange and retrieval. Very transformative process. And we called in her father's highest self. And everyone has a higher self, whether they're aware of it or connected with it or not. And when called in this way, it has to come. And we renegotiated that sacred contract that her father's higher self felt terribly guilty for dying when she was so young. And part of his life energy had kind of clung to her to protect her, but also to possess her. And she had experienced this connection as a kind of welcome protection from her dysfunctional mother, but now it was impeding her ability to be open and loving as an adult. And so her father's higher self was willing to extract himself and retract his energy from particularly around her heart. And he made amends to her for abandoning her through death and for his selfishness that he could see from this perspective had harmed her. And he had actually been holding some of her vulnerability that she had not wanted to take responsibility for. And that vulnerability, that life energy was reintegrated into her system. And we didn't track her father's spirit much after that, but there was certainly a profound shift in her ability to be vulnerable. It was actually kind of uncomfortable for her for quite a while as she readjusted, but that was her intention, to be more open and vulnerable. And the spirit of her dead father also made a profound shift from fear and guilt and selfishness into a more open, loving, benevolent presence. So, Although working directly with ancestors for spiritual support can be very nourishing and connecting, the level of wisdom, insight, and knowledge available through these family connections may be limited to the development of the ancestors themselves. We cannot transmit something we don't have. Working with the dead can be incredibly supportive and helpful, but we have to be aware that merely leaving the body does not make one enlightened. And just like when we're living, our relatives may have their own agendas. And even if they have our highest good in mind, they may not have progressed enough in their own spiritual development to provide the guidance we seek. So we need to be very mindful when working with ancestors. I have a dear friend, Rose, 
whose mother died, perhaps one of the best deaths that one could have. She died at home, surrounded by family and grandchildren, dying in the same room that her mother died in. She was an amazingly strong, funny, vibrant woman right to the end. And her final words were, oh, it's beautiful. And then she died. Yeah, that's how I want to go out, okay? And the presence of Big Rose, my friend is her namesake, remains a source of love and light and strength for the whole family. And I've had the opportunity to do inner work with both my friend and her son, and the really grounded, deeply loving presence of Big Rose is always present as a source and a resource for guidance and wisdom and healing for all those that she loved. I had the opportunity in graduate school to study with a woman from Sami ancestry, the native people of Finland, Norway, and Sweden, deep practices in ancestral ways of knowing. And one of the final projects was to do our own family tree, discover our own ancestry. It was incredibly powerful and healing for me to follow my mother's family line back because I had felt very disconnected from her and to discover the stories of my female ancestors and the strength and difficulties that they had gone through. And I felt this tribe behind me, particularly as an only child who didn't learn to bond deeply with people until I was an adult, first intellectually and then spiritually, this concept and experience of having thousands of ancestors behind me has been profound. So I encourage you to explore your own ancestral heritage in whatever way feels beneficial to you. It's a rich and deep process that may be a resource for guidance and power in your own life. Thank you so much for listening. I'm doing a live event on Insight Timer around ancestral work. Wednesday, April 20th, 12.30 p.m. Pacific, 3.30 Eastern, 8.30 in the evening, UTC. I'll give a talk and guided visualization to explore ancestral connection as a spiritual practice and working with the higher consciousness of angels as sources of guidance, empowerment, and healing. So if you're interested to learn more and maybe do some of your own ancestral work, check out Ancestors and Angels on Insight Timer, Wednesday, April 20th. I have a few spots left in my next session of spiritual experience groups, small groups of four to six people help you thrive wherever you are in your journey. One hour weekly Zoom sessions to deepen your spiritual practice, help you experience the transformative power of inner journey work in a safe, supportive space. And I'm there to offer individual guidance to activate and optimize your personal growth process. There's a link in the show notes. You want to find out more about spiritual experience groups in April and May. If you'd like to do some of your own self-growth work, Check out the free download of my book, Allies and Demons, Working with Spirit for Power and Healing. It has free accompanying guided audio so that you can do self-growth work on your own time in your own space. And if you'd like to find out more about working with me individually and book a free 30-minute discovery call, shoot me an email, info at ReneeMcKenna.com or DM me on Instagram at McKenna. Thanks as always to my generous supporters on Patreon. And blessings on your path until we meet again. This is Renee LaValle McKenna for Spiritual Psychology.